0: Welcome back to the promotion on a budget podcast. We're finally back, and we have a studio space which is very nice. Nice little backdrop. I'm joined with Josh Reveroka. Hello, I'm um, back. And today we're gonna, well, we're gonna add a new sort of spice to the podcast. We're gonna talk about different things, we're not just gonna do the boring old review, preview thing that we have done in the past. Um, but yeah, Josh, how are you today? I am absolutely fantastic. How are you feeling after I beat your FIFA twice? Oh yeah, let, let's not talk about that. But how are you <laughs> feeling after two defeats on the back for Reading at the minute? Three! Three Three three! three. three. Oh it just reminded me. Oh uh, yeah, no. Um <laughs> I've been in better better states to put it that way. Um, yeah, conceding nine is it nine goals in the last so, uh, uh, yeah. We've been absolutely dire. What's gone wrong? What's um, gone wrong? I think it's the main thing for me, noticing what we've done wrong is, well it's not even what we've done wrong, it's who we're missing. Liam Moore's out injured, John Swift's out injured, Obi Ajari's out injured, Jackie is out injured. Yeah, so you've got a lot we've of We've been injuries. missing the core of the team that's got us through the last couple of seasons and I think realistically when you lose when you haven't got as much depth as a lot of squads have, I mean, I know um, we look at the teams kind of at the top of the league at the minute, a lot of them have got very, very good yeah. strength in depth, 100%, um, especially yeah. the three teams that have come down, which are obviously up there as you'd expect them to yeah. be, um, because of how they work, how well they've actually retained their players. Hundred um, percent. We've not got that strength in depth. I mean, the club philosophy, I say club philosophy, the way the club has had to operate has involved a lot of kind of... Investing in the youth. I mean, this season alone, we've had over um, 4,000 minutes clocked for academy graduates. We've actually given six academy graduates their debuts this season. They're all still involved um, within the first team squad, be that through um, the cup competition, which obviously we've been knocked out of at this point, um, or just even kind of bench players in the league. They're kind of players that we feel comfortable in bringing on, and they've gelled well into the kind of environment of the chamber. room. But, um, yeah, we're seeping goals like we're a wet sponge, to be quite frank. Yeah, I saw a stat somewhere, and I think it could be a very good uh, reason to why you are not picking up points. It's the fact that you've been found out. I think I saw a stat somewhere you had 25 shots and you're opening, god knows got how many games, you're you know, your, your winning run, so to speak. Um, and you had 25 shots and you scored 14 goals out of those 25 shots. Do you think that, you know... That's very lucky to score 14 goals from 25 shots. I wouldn't call it lucky. I don't know what you're referring to. You're referring to the whole XG model that seems to really come to fruition this season. I think yeah. it's a load of rubbish. Um, I don't think it... Like, but takes it was always t- going to come to an end. You've got, you got to think about it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, the, the winning was always going to come to an end. I mean, I've said that to you yeah. day in okay. and out. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've kind of posted on my personal social media going, <laughs> how are we still top of the league? We're not a top of the league club. No way um, in what we've got should we be anywhere near where we are. Um, I'm hoping, as a fan of the club, that we don't drop off. But to be quite frank, um, that's all that's going to happen now. We've got a very tough run of games at the end of this international break. Um, And all I'm hoping is that when we get players fit, we can get the team mojo back again and we can start rolling through like we were. Not necessarily expecting us to be picking up wins and scoring a lot of goals. I'm expecting us to just pick up points where we need to. I mean, we've got a very, very important game. As you were saying about the whole XG thing, um, how uh, for me that's really affected your season because you haven't been able to score goals now because your luck has kind of run out in front of goal. We we were clinical, to be quite honest. We took our chances. We had a lot. A lot of the goals that we did score were very clear cut. Um, And. Realistically, I wouldn't call it down to luck. I think that, like I said about the absentees, there's been a shift in um, kind of momentum, a shift in energy within the squad, and ultimately that's kind of stopped us dead in our tracks. But the one thing I will point out, we somehow have retained top of the league despite losing three games. Yeah, but you have. So I think it's like, like, like we said. It's not going to last. I will say that not only as a Reading fan, but as a football fan. That will not last. We last. will drop yeah. and we will drop and we will drop. I, at the start of the season, backed us to finish mid-table at best. Yeah. This, we were coming into this season, a new manager, kind of, let's hope we don't have another season of a relegation scrap. It's all we wanted. It's all we wanted. Realistically, yeah, I'm more have, than happy we've yeah. had this 11-game stint. For me. I think it's about to come to an end. Um, I can't contest it too much, but I mean, l- you've got to look at the quality that we've got in the league at the minute. Um, I mean, yeah. Even some of the teams that are further down the league shouldn't be where they are. And we'll go on to that. Actually, now uh, we'll talk about Derby County. Uh, I think that's big, the main. Big one. news coming out of Derby County over this weekend with Philip Cocu leaving uh, and his coaching staff both all getting sacked. And rightly so, they've been absolutely... The fact that volume. you're sat below a team with a points deduction and the fact that they're sat below a team who in their last, like before their last three games, so they went, I believe it was eight games without picking up a single point. I think they went a, ve- like a, a big well, number of games without scoring a goal as well, Wickham. They did. Wickham, I again, like we've said in previous podcasts, I want to see Wickham do well. But can we see it? Well, they have, you know, been beaten in the last three. They've so could, could they proven they can do. They, they uh, can do yeah. things. They can. They can grind a result out. That's the main thing that we, um, a lot of people, kind of overlook. Yeah. They nearly did it against us. They nearly did it against us, and they did get a point against Watford as well. So they are capable of causing some upset. I think, as much as it's kind of a bit mainstream to talk about, look at who's come back into that squad. Bayo, Bayark and I He's top I He's come back into the squad. He's 37, oh, 30, he? I believe, and, and he, he's still he's top come, He's come back. back into the squad and he's caused an absolute stir. Championship teams don't know how to handle him. I don't think anyone does. He is an he, he, he is an absolute unit. He, he, um, he um, beast mode. <laughs> he's done very well in himself. I mean, obviously that um, kind of result. Um, for Wickham going forward came to an end with them losing two 0 to Forest, and yes. um, last game week. But like we said, even kind of high quality teams being down there. We've mentioned Derby. We've said obviously Rooney now having taken interim head That's coach. Big. How do you think Rooney? How do you think Rooney will fare in that sort of role? I, I yeah. mean, <sighs> he, I think personally from watching him play, has still got a couple more years of a playing career left in him in England. I then think after he finishes in England, he can go back abroad and still do very, very well. So you still think there's playing years in him, but I think as, as he's still seen got from a other, of time in him. As we've seen from other ex-professional footballers that were managers from Rooney's time, such so as Lampard, such as Gerard, they've gone on to managerial roles, and obviously we've seen Lampard do very well at Derby, and now gone on to Chelsea. We've seen Gerard now do brilliant things with Rangers. Do you think Rooney will add to that sort of uh, that sort of uh, new coach coming from? Um, Coming from professional football straight away, it's, it's very hard to determine um, with a coach um, like a player going straight into a coaching role. He's taken because, up a very big role as well. well you know, the, not, not even middle. that. Not even that though, because what you've always got to bear in mind is obviously he's been a player coach, and as a player coach, you kind of you can never really tell what's his work, and you've got to kind of balance what's him, what's the manager, what's the other coaches. you'll yeah. bear in mind. He was obviously a part of a coaching. Um, but like a backroom of coaches that you can't tell what's him. I mean, if you look at someone like Paul Scholes, he obviously didn't have the most successful spell at Oldham. There are players who have gone into coaching and kind of not necessarily taken off as much. Um, It will be interesting to see. I don't really think I'm going to make a judgment on it now because like I say, I think he personally, his playing career for him, that should be his forefront just for now. But it is interesting. He's got it he's got it in him. He he still plays very, very well. Yeah, obviously as an Irish fan, i know because he scored out three kick against us, (laughs) but no, it'd be interesting to see how really fares out because obviously he is a player coach at Derby before Cocky got sacked. So he has got some sort of coaching experience. But I think to you know, bring him already, just jump him into first first team manager you know I mean I think, a... I think the key bit being interim will be until they find someone but yeah I mean but then, the kind of the well, main the main bit yeah if <laughs> pick if he if he turns Derby's form around give him six months if he turns Derby's form around and we're starting to see some if they're starting to see signs of improvement then by all means just to take bit. well let's take us on to the next kind of big team in what I'm about to say I think before um, at the start of this season any team looking for a decent first team manager Chris Hutton movement, the first name, I'd say. And if you look at what he's managed to do at Nottingham Forest, he's turned them around massively. Yeah, He's got them, I, um, I mean, they've got 12 points on the board now, I believe, and if you kind of look at it in the respect of where they were, again, very similar position to Derby, very position, similar position to Wickham. Struggling to score, struggling to get results. He's turned them around. Um, yeah, they are now on 12 points out of the, out of the last 11. They they're five points. Clear of the bottom three, obviously five points at this put at uh, this stage of the season is nothing. But I think the main thing to look at is he is a very very good manager. All right, uh, we'll talk. We'll go on to another few sides on the good form. We'll go on to my team Norwich. Um, I think that, you know there's a big shout out there. Seven unbeaten at the minute. Uh, I believe they kept four yeah, clean you, sheets. You then... keep reminding me. Yeah, I four... can't I can't forget four clean sheets. I think in their past seven games as well. Um, Tim Krull was nominated for Player of the Month. Yeah, Daniel Farkham nominated manager of the month, they've risen up to, well, pretty much joined second league, but third in the league. Third in the league on goal difference. Uh, you've done very, very well. Um, I mean, this is kind of, I think, for me now, looking at, at the kind of teams second downwards, Watford, Norwich and Bournemouth, the three relegated teams are proving they are very, this, very strong This is the first time we have seen teams. it as well. we have seen... All three relegated teams actually battling for promotion. Like, it's been a while. You only see one drop off, like with the Stoke season. You always saw Stoke drop off. Um, yeah, Huddersfield, Sunderland. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, Sunderland did the kind of the worst bit, and they did the double bounce. They yeah, went straight, they did. They went straight through. But yeah, no, but we've seen that's, this is the first time we've really seen. But all three teams actually keep hold of their squad. Well, the majority of it anyway. Yeah, obviously a few key players for, I would say, for everyone have yeah. obviously departed. With Decore for Watford. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they um, have Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, Norwich for Jamal Lewis and Ben Godfrey. But as a whole, they've still kept the main bulk of their squad. And they haven't got rid of too many players, so they've still got that backbone there. And in the Championship, you need a fucking strong backbone. Like Likewise with what we've said um, over... Like you said, with Norwich, I'll highlight the same with Watford and Bournemouth. Um, Watford have done very well to kind of keep hold of the players of the likes of Ismail Assar. Uh, Bournemouth have done very well to keep hold of a lot of their squad, kind of your Jefferson Lermas, your know, Danger Grunevelt. Yeah, done Dan very, Grunewald. very well. Even Dominic Solanke. I would say Solanke is a very big hold for them. I mean, it's those three. Josh King as well? Those three relegated teams are performing and they're showing how well they've managed to hold what they had. Um, like think, even with Norwich, yeah. I think Norwich is a big one because you've got to look at the youngsters they had and the amount of links they had to big clubs. Buendia, Aarons was linked with Bayern Munich and Barcelona l- last window and I think he did have a few it's offers not, coming in Barcelona. Yeah, I Barcelona. Mean, it's I'm, incredibly I'm good I'm that gonna, Championship clubs are able to keep hold of those players though. I completely agree with you on that. Um, I think I can't, I can't shy away from the likes of the fact that Ismail Asar was linked with some very big clubs exactly, as well, yeah, that's and insane, yeah. even Etienne Kapo, He does so well in that Watford midfield. He is like an anchor for them. He, he does. He just, does the things that no one sees, but you can appreciate it's that hard it. work that just gets spewed around. But I think I know you highlighted, obviously, Tim Crawl and Daniel Farker getting nominated for manager and player of the month. Um, we'll talk about player of the month first. Ivan Tony, very good strike. He has just he's stomped into the league, um, coming from Peterborough. I didn't see him actually needing to stop in the Championship. I personally thought he was going to go straight through to the Premier League. Um, that was in a fairly big jump, but I think but, we've seen so many times of League 1 Strikers coming up to the Championship, such as Jack Marriott who joined Derby County a few years back. They haven't really kicked on, so to speak, but Ivan Tony has um, He's been incredible. He's been incredible. I think he's eight, eight or something league goals now, I can't, can't exactly remember, but he's been very, very good for Brentford. Brentford, who have maybe had a bit of an inconsistent start to the season. Um, but nevertheless they've got a very, very good goal scorer there, they've found a perfect replacement for Ollie Watkins who is now doing brilliant things with Aston Villa at the minute. Um, I agree, yeah. and I think, you know, Brentford will be, you know, really happy with the signing they made of Ivan Tony. It was not even that. Like, I mean they've kind of unfortunately had that kind of playoff heartache, obviously losing yeah. um losing the final to Fulham. Um, and they've not hit the stride that I thought they would kind of coming into this season. I mean, yeah, I they, they, yeah. they did drop off at the end of last season, it's fair to say. 100%. Um, And they've really not found that. I mean, they're sitting mid-table at the minute. They aren't really where they would want to be. But um, definitely additions like Ivan Tony, despite the fact that, again, obviously they've lost Saeed Ben-Rahman as well. Yeah. Um, they just, it's, it's one of them for Brentford that, it's quite a difficult one. I think they've they, always been a selling club, though. I think we—they have. If you, you look just, at their selling statistics, Andre Gray, okay. um, Ben Rama, obviously Watkins. Watkins. I, I can see Embouimo going not yeah. too Jota. far in the future. Jota went to Birmingham. They, I yeah. mean, obviously it was a bit of a downgrade, but at the same time, Brentford always really have been that selling club, and I think last season they—if they, they would have gone up—they would have held. They would have held, and I reckon they would have held in the Premier League. But now yeah, they didn't either. go up, I don't think they'll challenge this season. I really don't. I think they last season they had their best squad. They need to find this vein of form that they had last season. They, they were a team to be feared in the league last year. Oh, and yeah. This year, I mean, they're kind of going out every game with a whimper, really. Um, they do well in some games, but other games you kind of look at it and go... Well, that's, yeah. not the, that's not the Brentford we know from last year. But we'll, uh, we'll go on to the manager of the month. Obviously, Brentford actually drew 0 nil, nil to Middlesbrough last week, and the manager of the month was Neil Warnock. And Middlesbrough obviously finished just above the relegation zone last season, and Neil Warnock has come in. We always know he's got that, you know, shithousery about him and that uh, sort of Brexit style of play. And it's actually worked for Middlesbrough very well this season. They're sitting just outside of playoffs. They have been nothing short of disciplined so Neil Warnock, he's very disciplined in the way how he puts out his team and his team performs. Um, so, yeah, well, well well regimented. And I, it's nice f- to see a team, again, who hasn't necessarily done as well in the previous seasons, doing well now. And obviously, talking of a team who's not done as well in their debut season in the Championship, have a look at Luton Town. Yeah, they're still They the are still doing very, very well. I mean, again, do you think season... stay up again? I... they were everyone's favourites to go down because you all, yep. you'd think they'd get that second season syndrome, but I'm so confident they'll stay up. I'm very I'm confident shocked. the way that they're playing, they will stay up. And do you know who it's down to? I think it's Nathan Jones. He, he, is. He, he he's a club legend. I know he left to Stoke in such a weird manner, which wasn't very respectful maybe to the club, but he's come back and he's worked wonders with him again. You saw after lockdown when he returned, uh, Luton playing a lot better. Um, and now this season, they started really brightly. we were in the top, uh, top two for a fair bit of time, and now they're, you know, they're keeping that sort of mid-table... They've been very, very yeah, solid. They're, they're always, always going to drop points at Luton Town, for Christ's sake, they're not going to they, challenge They've not got the best players in the world, they've not necessarily got the biggest budget in the world. But by all means, they're going out there and they are putting out performances that any Luton Town fan should be happy with. 100%. I mean, realistically, as a per, as any kind of team coming up from um, the lower divisions in... Obviously, they kind of did a little double hop. Um, any team like your kind of Barnsley when they came up. You look at the teams this season like Coventry when they've come up. It's always going to be hard to yeah. settle straight in. Okay, yeah, no, 100% um, agree. I think they've, they've done very well to hold their own. And I do agree. I do think they'll stay up. Um, and I mean, I think it just kind of says, obviously... as much as as the bookies do kind of write teams off i think it does prove how competitive this league is anyone can and will beat anyone i will speak about another team though another team who i I want to get your opinion on do you think they'll stop being a yo-yo club from league one to the championship that's rotherham united they beat preston north end 2-1 the other weekend which i think is is a brilliant victory preston are no mugs they're a very very solid championship side and Rotherham beat them two one. I think Rotherham this season under Paul Warren, who is a Norwich fan by the way. Um, sorry, sorry. Uh, Every week. Anyway, 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 I'll carry on. Uh, yeah, you will. Yeah, no, but they've done really well, Rotherham, and I think they this season they're going to start to, so, you know, make it a solid place in the championship and stop being that yo yo side. And it, I, I, I really like Rotherham. i was just a bit of a soft spot for them because of Paul Warren. Um, but yeah, I've they're doing really well. Making me fall slightly man, you talk about an Irish a word. Um no, I I think they've still got a lot to do. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, they've got, got a result against really a, good results. Yes, they've got a decent result against a Preston team who I know firsthand are very, very solid on the yeah. road. Um it's just a case of again, you can never tell when an international break comes in like it has, it does tend to break up team strides. But it, it can it can also make them better. And I'm gonna to just touch on a point here. Before the international break, Norwich had won one, drew one, lost two. They've come back from that international break and they've gone seven unbeaten. So it can work either way it's always it's always a difficult one and now obviously we talk about international breaks there has been some brilliant representation um, i think especially is, scotland i think yes yeah, scotland i'm going to touch on straight yeah. away and go into the fact that there were some brilliant performances from championship players out for scotland and obviously congratulations to scotland on qualifying for a major tournament for the first time in i believe it was 22, 22 years yeah 19 uh, was the last time. i Um, I'm one of these um, people, obviously, I know you've got your kind of Dutch roots and you always like to see um, the Netherlands do well. For me, seeing a home nation do well, the home nation, obviously, you look at the United Kingdom. I don't mind seeing the Republic of Ireland do well as well. I think all the kind of British Isles, I always do enjoy seeing doing well, unless it's against England, um, in which case, obviously, I will enjoy it a little bit more if England do get a one over on Scotland. I However, think I said, think it's going to be uh, a tough game. I, I mean, think it'll be a tough game for England. I, I was I remember watching a Scotland game and I see Kenny McLean take the fifth penalty. I was, as a Norwich fan, I can remember you were there with me at Spurs away as well with Norwich. And Kenny McLean missed his penalty, and Norwich just stood there like, yeah, he's going to miss, he's going to miss. And it was such a cool penalty too, very coolly to taken. It really shocked me, and I think. I did actually make, you, so you weren't there, I did make a joke that if Kenny McLean missed it, I was going to ring you straight away and laugh. <laughs> um, no, as much as we kind of talk about um, players who have done well, obviously you look at, um, so just in terms of the kind of qualifiers for the European Championships, you had um, Craig Cathcart, um, was a part of the Northern Ireland yeah, starting um, squad, who unfortunately lost. George um, Saville as well. Yeah, yeah they, there is a lot of representation Do you think Championship football is getting a lot more international representation than what it used to? Because I'm seeing you're seeing a lot of teams having double figures of players being called for international football. I think the standard of the Championship is massively going up. Yeah, I think if you look at how many players now compared to how many players back then are actually getting international call ups over Premier League players. It's that they're, they're not afraid, international teams now are not afraid to look down beyond the top division of wherever the team is. 100%. Yeah, you look at Holland, um, who are top nation, they're still picking Tim Krull. And, which I think, I'm just going to touch on Tim Krull here. Before. For the, for the, the second time. No, no, but before this season, he hadn't been picked for an international game since that um, 2014 World Cup where he single handedly brought Holland into that semi final. And I think that's an incredible achievement for himself because he's. He performed really well with Norwich. He's probably the best goalkeeper in the league, I'd say personally. I mean, a bit maybe a bit biased, but he is an incredible goalkeeper at this level, especially. And um, you know, he's been called up to the Holland squad again. Holland are no mugs, you know. They are one of the best international teams in the world. And we look at Northern Ireland, a hand, a good handful of championship players been called up there. Even Republic of Ireland. I'm, I know. Yeah, I was going to touch on the Republic of Ireland next. I mean, if you look at um, kind of. the the likes of Adam Heda and how well and he Hogan. and how well Adamida. I'm obviously this is now me touching on a Norwich player who doesn't start. He doesn't. I think he started one game this season. Actually, I would say having watched that game myself, he did cause problems for the defence like it's really well it's really enjoyable for me to see so many championship players represented not just in the home nations obviously we have got players that have gone further afield even in the kind of younger ranks i know there are a few um Championship players that have been called up to their respective under twenty ones, under 18s A lot. I think the majority, of, the majority of the England under twenty ones, are championship players the, as well. It's it's brilliant to see how national international managers now are not are, are not afraid to look down beyond the kind of big six. Um, or the top end Premier League teams, it's really nice to see, and it's really refreshing. And I mean, I know it's not completely on the Championship, but you have to commend Birmingham City on the fact that they've produced a player now Bellingham, who is yeah. the third youngest player to have played for England. Um, obviously, he no longer plays at the club, but that he's come through their setup. And and, he only left in the summer. And any any com- commendations have to be given to Birmingham for it because you don't often see a 17-year-old playing on an international stage, especially for a team... Especially for a team such as England, you know. Especially for a team who's in the top 10 ranking in the world. Um, Obviously, England being sat currently at fourth. It'll be interesting to see if he plays um, any further or whether they'll keep it to the friendly. I think there's a lot of potential um, going, obviously looking at the younger squads as well, for a lot of players to really kick their careers on. And it'll be interesting to see... Based on who goes to the Premier League, um if anything more kind of comes of it, um, but international football representation from Championship, this break has been quality, um, and yes. it's been refreshing to see as well. It's been really, it's been been really fresh- nice to see. I mean. It shows you that we're not the Championship is not just one of those leagues anymore where you're kind of in your crossroads scrapping for the Prem um, to try and get your recognisation. There, there Players is, are now getting recognised from playing in the second tier. There is some real quality in that league. Um, you know there's a few big games coming up after the international break um, and I think one of the standout, well for me, two of the standout fixtures. There's two games and it's um, two standout fixtures for me this weekend and one of them is Bournemouth versus Reading. Yeah, I think that's the first one I've got to try and not shy away from. Uh, um, how, how do you think you're going to fare up in this one? Obviously, I mean, I'm, just, losses on the I'm just enjoying the fact that you're still top. <laughs> well, no, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm not having to pay for the game additionally to Sky Sports. As much as I, as much as I love the fact that we were able to watch the games on iFollow, paying a tenner a week to get the game pass. Yeah, I follow. Um, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> shameless, shameless. Um, This is kind of a continuation on what seems to be a run of, somehow we're getting put on TV now. I mean, before the Coventry game where we got shown and exposed for who we are as a mid-table team, um, we hadn't been put on TV since QPR at home on Boxing Day last season. That's a long time. Uh, Bournemouth, no mugs. I think it could be an embarrassing one for us if we don't turn up. Um, have you got, Have you got? obviously you spoke earlier in the podcast about the main bulk of your squad being out injured, have you got the majority of them back now or not? So Swifty is out what looks like until Christmas, slack like New Year. Um, obviously we have had Yedon come back in recently, which is good because it's given another bit of kind of defensive solidity, but he's not quite yet fit to do a 90 minutes, so he's still kind of being integrated back in. I know with um, the likes of Matei, the likes of Ajaria, um, they are and Liam Moore. I believe they're close to potential returns. However, Ajaria was rumored to be coming back three games ago. Um, it's good. I think it's a game by game fitness test. Yeah. If they can kind of maintain things throughout training, it, it that determines whether they get back in. But let's enough about Reading. Enough about me rambling on about them. But however. Bournemouth have got a very, very solid chance here. To, Solange, they've got a very solid chance Jocker to cement King. themselves in a top spot because if you look at these fixtures, Middlesbrough um, and Norwich which is, is think the next one that I was going to come on to. That is for me another very standout game. It's going to be a hard one for you guys, and actually, based on the games, Bournemouth have a chance. Well, they'll put themselves top of the league if they do it, because it is the half 12 game, they'll put themselves top, whether they'll still be there come about 5.30, I don't know, Um Watford probably be expected to beat QPR, although it is away, they'll probably be expected to in their game this weekend. But like, like we say every single Norwich Norwich Middlesbrough is gonna be a big one. Like we say, anyone can beat anyone. Exactly. Um, it's gonna be an interesting one, by all means, across fixtures. Derby have got a very tough test um, for Rooney's first game in charge against Bristol City. Let's have a look at where we are in terms of the Tuesday evening fixture. Now, the big one for me, the big, big one for me, again, we look at Norwich, they've got Middlesbrough away, then they've got Stoke away. Two teams who are just outside the playoffs, they'll be eager to get into those playoff places. Norwich, who are on really good form, but th- these two games are going to be such a, defi- uh, a season-defining moment for me, because they're two tough teams, two very solid defensive teams. And difficult to beat, especially at their home ground. So this is a good I'm big gonna, test. I'm going to touch on another couple of games I think might rival that for big game. Wickham Wanderers, Huddersfield Town. That's a very big game down that, like further down the leagues. Wickham at home, they if they can pick up points at the, at the weekend and go into midweek pick up points. They could, maybe they could put. Adams Park is not an easy place for any team to go. Um well, no, because without, not, it, it's not even in the town of Wickham, you've got to go outside, that's why it's not an easy place to go to, no? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, Do you see what I have to work with here, people? Like, I'm trying to, trying to actually analyse football and he, he makes a useless joke. He should get a better haircut. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. But it's not going to be an easy test for Huddersfield. And again, it'll be anno- it'll be interesting to see if Wickham can... It's back-to-back home games for Wickham. Yeah, it is. Um, from the Saturday into the Tuesday it will be interesting to see what they can achieve. Um, The other one for me is a kind of a team high and flying against a team down the bottom, Bournemouth against Nottingham Forest. And Nottingham Forest, obviously, as you say, with Chris Hutton coming in, they have turned things around. Bournemouth, obviously, are in very good form. Depends how they do on the Saturday fixture against G. But I think we all see them as the favourites at the minute. Um, It's an interesting one. It definitely is. I think Nottingham Forest are... I think they are on, are on the rise, and personally, I can see it being a draw. But I think overall, Bournemouth being at home with the form they're under, I can see them winning. Personally, it's going to be an interesting game, nonetheless. So like I said, Chris Hughton, very good manager. He's actually walked into a decent Forest squad who have shown they can perform um, with what they managed to achieve last year. But if we head into looking at the five games on the Wednesday now, for me, there's two, two games, two standout, two games. standout for games in this one. Me, what do you think? Before we go into them, we'll see if we see if we agree on this one. What do you reckon uh what's your, my first one's gonna be bristol city versus watford my first one is actually middlesbrough against derby my second one is millwall reading my second one i'm just going in chronological order on the list i do agree with you on the bristol city watford thing um i'll touch on middlesbrough derby first uh derby again it's going to be an interesting one to see how they can do Can't See how wayne really does and um, this is going to be a big big test for as much world. as we talk about middlesbrough being shored up at the back they have only scored nine goals all season It does scream nil-nil, like a lot of Middlesbrough's games have this season. It's going to be a very, very tough one for both sides. I don't think Derby will make it easy for Middlesbrough, um, but obviously looking at the league table, you would expect Middlesbrough to perform and turn up and get a result. But you can never look at the league table in the Championship, as we've seen so many times. All right, we'll move on to to, uh, Bristol City versus Watford. For me this game screams goals at both ends Yeah, uh, bristol seat defensively there's definitely been gaps in there which watford's likes of pedro ismail assar will definitely um, well, Jao pedro has been he's been nothing, nothing short of incredible for watford for an 18 year old um, lad He knows. something for that how really well for how the fact that this is me kind of trying a bit of understanding of watford i've got a shout out to tom for that because he had me going to watford under 23 games last year um don't regret it at all, football. Football, and as much as you guys probably do as well, I miss football. I miss football. Um, what for? Wait for the COVID vaccine. I hope it works. Not necessarily even that, mate. Just we need things to change, but we're not. I'm not here to talk about COVID. We're not COVID, for COVID politics. Is all right we're here for football. COVID is I right here. All I want to talk about is how Jao Pedro has literally jumped from playing only under 23 football last year. He stormed into the first team squad and he is doing so, so well. Like you said, teams. both teams very capable of scoring, both teams they're very capable of conceding. Scores, yeah. This is one of them games that you could back to be a three or four or draw. Or As those lines. it's big for both teams because obviously they're both, Ooh, yeah, they're both. in the playoffs at the minute. At the, no, what for the second? At the minute. My my mistake, well this is obviously their first time kind of jumping up into the top two but both teams cemented in the top six. I'll correct myself and I apologise for that mistake on my part and I'll let you talk about what you see as the other big game. So Millwall Reading for me is a big game because I think Millwall in the Championship the past few seasons have always just finished outside the playoffs for me. Um, So potentially Reading could have another banana slip here depending on how they do against Bournemouth which I see them losing, unfortunately. no, you. I t- totally agree. I think it'd be interesting um, based on whatever happens on the Saturday, um, and then, I then how think you, how whatever you, then, happens on Saturday will determine um, how the kind of mood is going into the Wednesday. Anyway, we'll we'll um, we'll move on. We'll just quickly we'll, come. We'll, we'll I, I want one fixture. I one fixture from you from the following weekend that you think is going to scream goals and scream a brilliant encounter for me. Goals and a brilliant encounter. Well. Looking at goals in a brilliant encounter, I'd probably look at Watford-Preston. Obviously, a game with Preston's huge away form. Um, Preston do like goals at both ends. Preston Preston love a goal, Watford love a goal. But I actually think, I'm not going to go for, I'm going to contrast you on what you just asked me for. I think the massive game for me is a Saturday three o'clock. Derby County hosting Wickham. Yes, yeah, I was actually going to say that as well, but I'm going to have to change my opinion. But yeah, I think that's going to scream goals. Let's, go, let's go, go quickly touch on that. Derby being at home, again, not playing well. Obviously, we can't talk about what might have happened because we are filming this in advance of what's happened for the midweeks. I it'll be really interesting to see. It will still to be a one. bottom of the table encounter. We're, yeah, we're going to ha- we'll have a look at this one. However, for course. me, a game that screams goals. And Norwich City do love scoring goals against Coventry City um, from the past. Like, no, no, I'm not. I think the last time we played, we we, we scored six past them. If anyone would like to um, replace, kind of, him. Because quite frankly, it's Norwich, Norwich, Norwich with you, isn't it? And it's running, yeah. running, running, running with you. But anyway, I am being genuinely serious. not No, I do agree with you. it's an, interest, it's got and an interest, likes interesting. And Coventry like shipping guns, but Coventry was like strong. Matty Godden's a very good player for them. Uh, Callum O'Hare as well. Let's let's not even try and like let's not ignore the fact that they scored a twenty-five yard header against Watford and what's a goal but the fact is they've been involved with the with with two of the top three sides i've played already they've been involved in three two throws against you where they beat you three two with sam mccallum norwich lonely scoring the winner and with watford where were Watford beating three two but they've been involved with three two you know excellent games and that's what i see happening here not maybe a free two but I, I see a game with goals and possibly a thrilling encounter but anyway it sure could we- be an interesting one and it's definitely going to be a nice way to end november obviously with football being we've actually we're being treated to a sunday game as well um it's going to be i think the league table could look completely different come this time next week um it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens but as we always say it's going to be in like it's going to be chills, thrills, and a hell of a lot of points being gained by teams that we may not necessarily expect to. Um, it's going to be an interesting end to yeah. November. Hopefully. Um, for the sake of ourselves and our own sanities, our teams perform well, and I hope obviously for everyone listening in, if you are looking for a, um, a nice vein of form for your teams to pick up, we hope that you kind of get, are able to gain that, and it'll be interesting to see what the table looks like come the start of December, um, but yeah. I think that's going to be us for this. So if you did enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, go like the video, go comment on what you should think we should talk about in the next podcast, and also go follow our socials, and we'll see you next time.